afternoon, evening, late night, or the middle of the night, or even the early morning, because... As you know these days, time means almost nothing anymore when it comes to any media. This is Jim Lowenstern, and the show is Broker Talk, and I'm here broadcasting the show today high from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts, with my co-host, Larry Lothar. Evan is running the board. How are you doing today, Larry? I'm doing excellent, Jim, even though our sad Bruins lost last night. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a hard game to watch. I actually um, didn't want to watch it, and I was forced to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to mention <laughs> something. My ab- whole day, <laughs> right? I got to mention something about time, though. Time does not matter in a podcast, and and but in real estate, time is of the essence. Oh, that that's a good pickup. Why 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 do we want to talk about that? Well, I think that when a either you're a buyer or a seller, you are very focused on your absolute needs. And when you ask a question to your agent or to uh, someone, you want an answer right away. It's a service business. So if you're an agent and you're not answering your phone or returning your texts, you are doing no service to your clients, and your clients are going to start to look for someone else for answers. Hmm. Okay. So, I'm so glad you brought that up. <clears throat> I, I wasn't going to even talk about it because I pretty much drowned my Bruins sorrow, and I'm, I'm still recovering. But now that you've reminded me, I am going to read this. Um, so, one of my agents um, texted me this morning to talk, can, can we can we dump on Redfin today? Can it be the can that be the theme of the show? The dump on Redfin show. It's our show. Okay, let's do it. So, um, one of our brokers had uh, to show a Redfin listing, and uh, she writes him, "I have called and texted to talk to you about the above mentioned listing. I have clients interested in the above mentioned listing." Do you not have open house details, and they want to come see the house? Are we able to get to see it before the weekend? Please let me know. Now, this was Wednesday, okay? Uh, I don't know how many days on the market this property was on, but let's just assume it just went on the market. So in the remarks, this broker writes, no showings before the open house, but doesn't have an open house. So now she's writing him, and he doesn't respond. So after not responding, she finally says, well, the heck with this. I'm going to call the number. I'm going to call his broker. Every, every agent has a broker that he or she works for. That right? is part of the law. Right? That has to be available to the consumer. Well, uh, it was an 800 number. She sat on hold listening to Muzak for 20 minutes. Finally, someone got on the phone and said, oh, no, 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 no. The number you call is more for, like, problems with the website. You know, like you'd log into their website and you, I don't know. I I don't understand why they would say that. She said, well, that's, that's great news. Who do I speak to? And she said, I don't know. Let me see if I can figure this out. So now after waiting 20 minutes on hold, no idea. She finally gets in touch with somebody 
who tells her, oh, the reason he didn't get back to you is because he's on the road. And at this point, our agent is exasperated. She says, I'm on the road too. I live in my car. That's no reason for not responding to phone, text, email. This is a business where time is of the essence, as you exactly. said. And this is his broker, essentially. Finally, he does not call her back. I would have called her back. Would you have called her back? Always. Yeah. He emailed her. And he writes, this is, this is good. He writes, uh, I am waiting on confirmation regarding open house times and also the possibility of showings prior to the open house and a broker's tour. I will give them another try right now. They have not been very responsive to deal with thus far. So this is a Redfin listing. It's a Redfin listing. This okay. is the broker. He he doesn't have keys. I have another email here somewhere that says he didn't have keys yet. And uh, my agent is like scratching her head saying, when I take a listing, the first thing I do is figure out how I'm going to get into the house. I get keys when I take the listing. Here's the issue with, with real estate. And, and consumers, please pay attention to this. Not all agents are created equal. There's A students, there's C students. Figure out who you want to work with. If you're not answering your phone, find another agent. If they don't know the answer to something and they try and BS you, find another agent. So I think a lot of the Redfin agents that get listings uh, could never really get a listing if Redfin didn't just drop it in their lap. So now my question is, okay, let's say Redfin's advertising 1%. We're going to sell your house for 1%. Obviously, they're not going to sell their house for 1% because these brokers don't know how to sell houses. They hardly even know how to open the houses or how to schedule an appointment. So for the difference of 1% or 2%, is it really, is it like, okay, I'm going to do a Redfin commercial. Hi, you're selling your house? Come to Redfin. We'll sell your house for 1% or 2% or 3% if there's another broker or if it's a really good broker, it's probably going to be about 3.5%. We'll try to get into your house to show it to them and pretty much tick off all the other brokers along the way. But that's okay. It won't cost you any money because you're paying almost nothing for the commission. The point is, people, and, and it's not just Redfin, it's all the other discount brokers out there too. Um, you're probably losing tens of thousands of dollars by picking the wrong company. It's not even the wrong broker. There may be a good broker at Redfin. I don't know. I haven't met every single one of them. But um, I think you're losing money in the long run. Well, if you buy discount services, you get discount services. Uh, here's another way that, that I think about it. If I have a horrible toothache... I'm not looking for a discount dentist. I'm looking for someone who can do the job and get me out of the pain. And selling your house or buying a house has pain if you're with the wrong people. LASIK surgery from Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do have it. I can't see. I can't see. I, ha I happen to know someone that got um, Groupon Botox, <laughs> and uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> let's move on <laughs> all right um can we talk about the agent that i used to have that 
was pretty much just answering the phones while she was trying to get her real estate license. It took her seven times. Oh, boy. She failed the test seven times and passed on the eighth test. Oh, boy. She's now working at Redfin and has 12 listings. Uh And all of these listings are about 30 to 40 minutes apart. Yeah. So, again... This is this is the talent you're buying when you're trying to save it. When you try to save a nickel, you lose a dime. Well, that's that's clear, and uh, it's short-sighted, but it's so confusing for the consumers out there. There's so much misinformation. I want to talk about misinformation. I want to talk about Zillow for a moment. Can we rag on Zillow a little bit? Because <laughs> <laughs> Zillow hasn't come up in this conversation. So. And I'm asking you, Larry, what's your opinion on this? So Zillow is pulling data basically from MLS, more or less. That is exactly where they're getting it. And you would think that they would look at that data as being meaningful, true? I would think that. I would think that. And I was shocked to find that they don't think that. And I say that because I rented a house last year for $2,995. If you go to that property today and it has those estimates uh, for different uh, valuations, and one is rental in addition to market price for sale, what do you think the rental valuation for that should be if it was rented this year, currently rented, information in MLS disseminated throughout the world, for twenty nine ninety five, what do you think the valuation is for that property's rental? I do know that Zillow is traditionally twenty percent off because of the way their system aggregates the information. It's it's just a black and white. It's a yes or no. It's uh, is it twenty nine ninety five or is it a different number? I I think I think they were it would be a different number. They were spoon fed the information. Right. We know what the rental is. How can it be a different number? This is a little bit larger question that you're bringing up because l- let me say they're, they're using an algorithm that's very similar to what many banks use, and that algorithm never goes in a house. So you don't know if that has Bosch or it has Westinghouse in terms of appliances. You, you know nothing about the finishes. So it is based on public records and those public records aren't always accurate either as anyone who's looked at a public record knows okay let me let me rephrase if we know that the house sold for 500,000 this year it sold in January and we're looking at the valuation a few months later if you look at their chart, because it's going up and down, up and down, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't, but it's going up and down, up and down. At about the point that it's sold or thereafter, where they actually have the data and maybe did a reset, this is what it's worth, would that 500000 be in that chart? It certainly should be, it yes. It should be. Yes. And that same thing, do they, and I don't even know the answer to this because I, I would say probably not, but they don't have a chart for rentals. It's, it's not, not that I know about. Right. No. Well, I, it, it was about a 20, actually, actually you're about right. It was a little less than a 20% difference. 
Yeah, that, and and that's pretty standard uh, across the board. Real estate agents, uh, especially uh, agents who are part of the National Association of Realtors, have access to a tool called RPR, Realty Property Resource. Realty Property Resource tends to be 10% over or under. So any agent who's a realtor would have access to that and would have the ability to talk to their clients about uh, pricing being both a, an exact science and an art. You have to work with a professional to get the art part. All right. So I've got something that we can work on on the show. Uh, we don't have any guests today. Actually, actually, we have two amazing guests today. And so the theme of our show is we don't need no stinking guests because my guest is Larry and Larry's guest is Jim. Make sense? <laughs> Since we're both here, that does make sense. <laughs> okay, so I pulled an article off the internet um, about uh, how to sell your house without a realtor. I just figured, you know, w- what is this show about? It's about real estate, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that say, I don't need a realtor. I can do this on my own. And um, there's five, let's see, three steps, four steps. Four steps, one more page, well, maybe only four steps. So the first step is to determine the fair market value of your house. And of course, they're suggesting speak to a real estate professional. So in a way, to sell your house by yourself, you should start off with a realtor. <laughs> it, it just boggles me that people think realtors uh, working in a field every single day doing the same thing aren't better than somebody who does it once or twice in their lifetime. That's just absurd. Yes, and, and for short money, and we're only getting paid when we're successful. Exactly. We don't get paid until we, we bring you the goods, whether it's a purchase or a sale. Okay, and then they're also talking about uh, you can get you can hire a licensed appraiser. So a um, a certified appraiser does cost money. Um, and four fifty to six hundred in the Boston area. They're saying three hundred to five hundred to do a report. I'd, I'd say that's about right. Uh, the question I have is, Larry, um, what do you think about? Certified appraisers bringing more value than the the realtor professional. Some realtor professionals that I know will suggest to the seller before they go on the market that you either do an appraisal. I mean, if an agent has to use an appraiser to determine price, get a new agent. But the other thing they may suggest is have an inspection if you have any questions because an agent is supposed to know everything about the house. You don't want surprises. So if, you, if a buyer comes in and makes an offer, they're going to do an inspection. You need to know what that inspector is going to say. And depending where you are in the country or the world, different things are going to come up. Uh, and, and sometimes the real estate professional you should be hiring has learned lessons along the way by making mistakes, Value, valuable lessons that, that come with them. So inexperienced brokers 
can be a liability also. Always. Radon, for example. How many deals fall apart because radon wasn't addressed? Right. Radon is an uh, odorless, colorless gas that uh, comes from granite and shale, comes up into the house, lays low on the ground, and it can kill you. So if you're building a house, just put one of those PVC pipes, run it up into the attic. Costs almost nothing. But everyone should be doing a radon test before the house goes on the market. That's a, that's a good suggestion, and that radon tests are very short money. You can get one done for less than a hundred bucks. You can get them at Home Depot. You can get them at Home Depot. I did one myself. Home Depot. It's like thirty-five bucks, something like that. Mm, it, it might be somewhere like fifteen twenty for the kit, and then you have to maybe pay another thirty for the actual. Yeah, test. under a hundred. Yeah, yeah, under a hundred. It's it's a inexpensive way to protect your home. And the inspectors, uh, get a good inspector. Have them find everything that's wrong with the house. And, uh, and fix them. Fix those things. Fix those windows with the broken sashes. And uh, get a can of WD-40 and start going around and making sure everything is operating properly and pipes aren't leaking when the faucets are turned on and what else? So not all people can have the money when they go to sell to fix before they sell. So in that case, you still know what's wrong, and the agent should disclose it because no buyer likes surprises. So next one was prepare the home for sale. And this step starts with slowly walking through your house and viewing it through the eyes of a buyer and ask yourself, if I were buying this house... What about it don't I like? Well, the thing that always bothered me is, and it was very popular for a good number of years, was depersonalize your house. Now, I understand the idea that you don't want your, you know, your uh, Tiffany earrings to be sitting around or that uh, nude photograph of your wife when she was having her baby back in her 20s. That I would keep. Well, perhaps, but um, I think what you really want to do is you want to declutter it. And what I suggest to my clients is you are going to sell your house. Why not begin to pack now and leave the things that you, you are most important to you, leave them available, pack everything else up. And the way I, I say it is, well, there's, there's two things, but one is, uh, you're moving, you're going to just move a little earlier. And if you don't have a garage or a basement to store everything, uh, get one of those uh, pods. Sure. And then just start organizing and packing. Some moving companies, if you hire them, they will actually come and and move some of these things and store them for a period of time without a charge. That's right. another option. Right. Good agents know this. And landscaping. I've actually had listings, and this is not someone selling on their own because they hired me, but uh, couldn't, couldn't even see the house. Bushes, bushes were so tall that you couldn't see the house. And I told them, if you can't see it, you can't sell it, 
and they didn't care. And, yeah. And it probably, trimming those bushes, they were so against, so I'm walking through the house, don't even walk through the house, start right at the curb. That's what investors do. You know, some people are not even going to go into the property if they don't like what they see from the street. Because they know if it doesn't look good from the street, it's not going to get any better on the inside. If it smells in the basement, don't go upstairs. So, um, and then the next thing is a good yard sign. Now, this gets kind of funny. Because have you ever seen a for sale by owner yard sign? (laughs) (laughs) I'm amused by that. Is that a good yard sign? So there are actually people that will pick a company maybe based on the way the sign looks. Sure. Okay. And this is all about marketing. Create sales flyers and brochures. And again, how does a for sale by owner know how to create a brochure? They go into an open house, they take a brochure, and they go home and copy it. Or attempt to copy it. But there's so many aspects of what goes into that brochure. Professional photographs, uh, professionally done floor plans, perhaps. And probably the most important thing is that URL that goes to a website that has the information about not just that house, but every other property in the entire area so that the buyer can make a rational decision on whether or not to buy that property. For sale by owners are missing the big point. And so these articles are great, but nowhere in the in this do they say you're not saving anything. You're trying to earn it. Okay? Basically what you're becoming is a real estate agent selling their own property and the only inventory you have is that one property. How many real estate companies can stay in business by just having one property to sell? All real estate companies cooperate with each other, and they, they have an access to billions of dollars worth of property. That's how they become successful. I don't, I don't see it working for FISBOs, but... Well, the other aspect, and it, it's uh, clearly a statistic, uh, two statistics here. One is 85% of uh, for sale by owners end up working with an agent. What's not said there is they may still remain a, a for sale by owner, but an agent comes in with a buyer and, and the FISBO decides to pay that agent. So, right. so that's, they, they did, that's how they, they do their savings. They saved half of it. Yeah, but but the other statistic, and far more important, is that a professional seasoned agent gets considerably more for the house than someone who is for sale by owner. Do you have a statistical number? Uh, statistics are so funny, and they're they're always thrown around. I've I've heard anywhere from ten to fifteen percent. What I say to them is, I'm going to do better than you, and you're uh, you will not have to pay me. I'm going to get you more. Well, if it's ten to fifteen percent, obviously, and if that number was well publicized. Um, Obviously, no one would ever try to sell on their own. But, but even if it was 1% or 2% difference, I mean, which is probably factually, it's probably somewhere in the 3% difference. Right. It makes sense. And step four in this article is negotiate the sale. 
And it says, since you are not using a real estate agent, you will have to negotiate directly with any buying prospects. So that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Well, when you're a consumer you're, and you say negotiate the, the sale, people think you're negotiating one thing. And that's so entirely wrong. You're not just negotiating the price. You're negotiating the time frame. You're negotiating the uh, uh, repairs that need need to be done. You're negotiating with a bank who who needs an appraisal. Uh, there is a myriad of negotiations that happen a lot during a, a real estate transaction. So it's not just price. And what can be even worse is if a, uh, a buyer comes in not being represented by a broker trying to buy it for sale by owner. You've got two inexperienced parties trying to negotiate the biggest purchase of their life and the biggest sale of their life. You know, to, I'm, I'm nodding my head, yes. And, and they could say, well, I have a lawyer. He's helping me. I've heard that. Well, um, I'm, I don't want to knock lawyers because those are the people that sue you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, enough said. Uh, do you really, uh, uh, they're called lawyers. That's the law. They're not called negotiators. Real estate brokers essentially are negotiators. Every single day. That's what we do. So uh, negotiating the sale, you know, you can get a beautiful sign, you can get beautiful photos, you can even buy a little website, and you can get a floor plan, and you can even get drones. You can do all this stuff. It's knowing what to do or not to do sometimes is even more important with that offer that makes all the difference. Absolutely. And it's negotiating... Not just the purchase, but the move. Where are you going to? Where's your buyer coming from? I've seen simultaneous closings with up to five properties in play. Not everyone is a tenant with a with a forgiving landlord, and uh, you know it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes there are people selling a condo to buy a house, buying a condo on the other end, you know, and it, and it goes down the line. The people that are moving out of the condo, they're, they're buying something. Literally, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of juggling. So, um, all right, let's get to, um, we, we, have, we have other things. Uh, we have a, a, a um, question from JoJo in Byram, Mississippi. And JoJo wants to know about home warranties, Larry. She says that her broker suggested she offer it to her buyers to get her a higher price on the sale of her house. What do you think about home warranties? I think home warranties aren't a bad idea. I personally have never done it. I don't need to provide incentives to buyers for purchasing one of my listings. I have also, on my buyer side, never been given one. So uh, my experience is limited on them. I know that uh, some agents feel that they're of value. And if you feel it's of value and you present it well to your client, that's, in fact, a negotiation. And you're, you're getting your client to believe that it's a value and, oh, boy. Larry, ask me what I think. 
<laughs> do I have to ask you? What do you think, Jim? You have an answer. I, I have an opinion on it. Um, we we have offered them in the past. The whole point was um, you would get a little more for the house if it had a warranty. But I think it's almost like a red flag in some cases. You know, don't don't look at these old appliances. It, it doesn't matter. You you hope that they'll break because you'll get a brand new one from the home warranty. The problem with home warranties when you when you call those companies, uh, they take a day or two to get someone over to your house. So if your hot water tank breaks and it's in the middle of the winter and you actually do like taking a hot shower before you go to work, you may not get one until the end of the week. Whereas you can pick up the phone and call your plumber and get one the next day. So home warranties, they have deductibles. You still have to pay the deductible. And you're dealing with some somebody that may or may not show up on time. That's, right. that's the big thing. So I don't really see the value, although I do think it's a selling point for some brokers. They say, oh, when you list with us, we'll give you a home warranty and we'll get you more for your house that way. It sounds like a good deal. But here's the other aspect of a home warranty. Your inspector is going to go through all of those appliances and they're going to know the functional obsolescence of the property, so, uh, of the appliances. So they're going to be able to tell you that your hot water heater is at its near end. So either negotiate or accept it knowing that you're going to have to put a twelve, fourteen hundred $1,400 piece of equipment into your house in two years. Well, we had a really good show today. I'm telling you, we just don't need those those guests. Uh, I want to bring them back because <laughs> we next, spent, we spent week, a lot of time together. Next week. All right. So, anything else before we? Uh, oh, we have news. Uh, we we had news, but we're here at our time. So, just let me quickly. Uh, a scary thing out of uh, Northern California, MetroList, list, which is the largest MLS, was hacked recently this week. So, all those brokers, all those homeowners, are unable to get that information. Uh, that's that's a very scary thing. Uh, iBuyer, which is the uh, uh, Zillow has a program. There's a number of these internet buyers, and we're we're back to uh, like the Redfin and, and Zillow approach. Uh, these people will buy your property at a discount price, and they're going to turn around and they're going to make a profit. Shouldn't the homeowner have made that profit? I don't get this home uh, iBuyer thing. The final thing, of course, is from Compass. And Compass just lost their head of product and their chief marketing officer. So when you have all of this turmoil in the industry, you've got a question as a consumer, who can I turn to? And the people you turn to are the professionals in your community that you can call on the phone and they actually answer it. Work with a professional. Yeah. Okay. Great show. Thank you, Larry. Thank, Thank you, you, Evan. Jim. And uh, until next week, this is Jim and Larry signing off. Uh, if you have questions, send them along to Broker Talk. Check us out online. You already have if you're listening to me. Have a great rest of your day. This is Jim Mullinger signing off.